0: Hey, everybody. Welcome again to F This Movie, the official podcast of FThisMovie.com. Movie love for movie lovers. My name is Patrick Bromley, and I'm super excited for this week's show as we continue our years-long James Bond series. We're getting this one in uh, just under a year since the last time we did a James Bond. Uh, Last September, we did Die Another Day and have not returned to the Bond franchise until this week when we are tackling Quantum of Solace. I am joined, as always, for this very special Bondcast by Mike Pomero. Hey, Mike. Hey, everybody. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm okay. This is weird, because this is the first time in 10 years and 550 shows that we're talking over Skype. Uh, Our first episode that we ever recorded was over Skype, and... We haven't done a Skype show since. So it's been 10 years and 549 episodes, I should say.
1: Yeah, that's wild.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, I mean,
1: that was Skype? Yeah,
0: that, yeah I that, guess. that Young Guns show we did that everybody still talks about.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do. It's just the answer to a trivia question.
0: <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> no uh, but that was done over Skype. So, uh, but thank you for being here. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I we, I don't ever re-listen to the podcast, but I weirdly re-listened to two of our Bondcasts last Very week. Um, the first one was Moonraker, again, totally randomly. And it's interesting because on that episode, you kind of talk about how you don't think you're ever going to make a movie. And then I jump ahead to Die Another Day, and you've made a movie that is winning awards at the time that we recorded. Um, and both of us are like... we're going to get to another one of these, right? Uh, Yeah, let's try to get another one done before No Time to Die comes out in April. And boy, the world has changed, hasn't it? It sure has. I now run a studio. (laughs) That's right. You're a mogul. Mogul Mike. (laughs) Taking meetings.
1: Uh, Yeah, I was really hoping No Time to Die would be our next Bond podcast, but...
0: Um it was not, not meant so to much. be no it was the the yeah. world had other plans, but you not only have now made one award winning film but you have also completed a second film that is about to start making the festival rounds yes
1: yes, thank you, yeah, I completed a film at the beginning I shot it pre pandemic um finished editing at the beginning of it, and it is now uh submitted it to fast i it, when I finished it, I was just in the excitement of finishing it, I submitted to a bunch of festivals, with obviously without thinking. Because now I'm like, "What am I doing?" Cause <laughs> so many of these are not happening. Um, but no, I've been lucky. I got into a few already. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting.
0: Which ones are like remote festivals that people listening might be interested in attending?
1: So the the one that I that I got into <laughs> that knows remote. The Chicago Horror Film Festival. I'm
0: familiar um, with that one?
1: So, yeah, it's, I guess it's been around twenty, a uh, little more than twenty years. Yeah. Uh, uh, so sorry, I don't know the website, but j- just Google it, and I think it's it's at the end of September, for for about a week. You pay, I think it's thirty five dollars, and you get to screen um, all the films in the festival, including mine. It's called They Grow Up. They grow up so fast. That's the one I did.
0: And your film. Is sort of a post pandemic film made pre pandemic, correct?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was an unfortunate coincidence. I I wanted to write, uh, I wanted to put, I wrote a a little short for my daughter to star in. And I wanted it to be this, like, I I wanted, I just had this idea of the two of them living alone in a home. So I was like, well, I'll make it post apocalyptic. And when I was writing it, I, felt like, I feel like that was when a lot of the North Korea stuff was going on, so World War III was being whispered. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to be too on the nose. I know. A nationwide pandemic. <laughs> so I have a stupid newspaper headline just because I need I a it shorthand. It's a seven-minute movie. Um, about there being, yeah, a pandemic. And then, <laughs> and then as they say in Pearl Harbor, this happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even put the two, two together. And after we were already like quarantine for a few weeks uh christy my wife was like hey your movie's about a pandemic and that's when i was like oh no <laughs> but i've since been talked off the ledge adam risky reminded me my movie's not about the pandemic it's not no so it's okay it just happens to be <laughs> a pandemic is why you know they're in this post-apocalyptic world and right living a That's all
0: I've seen the short. It's great. Everybody should uh, attend the virtually attend the Chicago horror film festival. So they too can see Mike's movie.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much.
0: I loved it. Um, Are you working on a third one already?
1: Yes. I wrote a third short in the hopes of uh, the, the big goal would be if I'm, if I'm allowed to dream, the big goal would be to turn this short into a feature. Ooh, but, i have to I would have to make the short first, so Okay. There a the problem. But yeah, no, I I And this one,
0: one is about the Black Lives Matter movement.
1: <laughs> right, right, but I wrote it <laughs> in February. Um <laughs> Right. No no, I stayed away from from uh any newspaper headlines.
0: All right, <laughs> in the movie, you mean there are no newspaper headlines exactly. in the movie. Okay. Yeah, Got it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Speaking of headlines, what do you think of this uh, news about Disney Plus streaming Mulan?
1: I, Christy and I were just talking about this, but don't you have to? I, but I thought I read that it's like Disney Plus Premium. Yes, or whatever that. Like you have to, are, you have to
0: subscribe to Disney Plus, and then you have to pay an additional thirty dollars to rent Mulan.
1: Okay. okay, I mean, sure.
0: So you you're um, okay with doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, because I, th- I think I'm just that sounded for-
0: like accusatory, and I didn't mean for it. <laughs> so you're okay with this? <laughs>
1: That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hungry for new for new movies, and it's a movie that that my kids would be excited for. So yeah, yeah I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sticking with yeah. All right, all right. So yeah, calm listen- down over
0: <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I feel like when it's available will end up doing it because again 30 bucks for four of us to see it is cheaper than going to the movies um but that just is it's a high premium you know and this is i guess the future of movies now
1: yep i thought the same but um yeah i did the same thing you did though when i was just doing the quick math there will be four of us watching it so
0: right and mulan oddly enough was like a movie I was kind of looking forward to seeing on the big screen, just based on the trailer. I have no real affinity. I, I, I saw the Disney cartoon once in 1999 or whenever it came out, 98. Um, I've not seen it since. I rarely think about it, but uh, I thought the trailer for the live action one was great. And I was actually really looking forward to seeing it on a big screen. So um, I
1: only think about the animated movie. Oh, that's so interesting. I'm- I am. It's audience.
0: In Um, terms of when you you think about animated movies, or like literally all other thoughts are pushed out of your head.
1: It's just I'm never not thinking of Mulan. (laughs) I've never. That's why we call you
0: Mulan, Mike. Mike. (laughs) It is. is. Mulan (laughs) mogul Mike. (laughs) Oh no! Do I need a voice? (laughs) Of course you do. I
1: probably probably shouldn't. (laughs) Um. But no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I too was looking forward to seeing it on the big screen. It looks like, um, it would be beautiful on the big screen. But,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, but i um, I'll, I'll take it.
0: So does Disney end up doing the same thing for Black Widow in November?
1: I don't know. Again, we were just talking, should I get Christy on this podcast? Yeah, we were is, just, that, <laughs> we is that, cool? is that Um, yeah, I, it seems insane to me that that they would put a brand new Marvel movie on Disney Plus, but you know, even for thirty dollars. But maybe who knows? I don't know.
0: And I weirdly would be more willing to do it for Black Widow, even though I feel like I want to see that movie less.
1: I'm a uh,
0: I'm a I'm an enigma.
1: Yeah, you are. <laughs> is, is it because Black Widow feels like it would translate to your home television?
0: Maybe a little better than Mulan. Yeah, I think so because it looks like a Netflix show. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's nothing about that trailer does anything for me.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and thirty dollars for the new Marvel movie seems like okay. That's fine. It's the new Marvel movie, of course. I'm going to see it. Whereas with Mulan, part of me is like, I don't know. Do I need to see it? You know. But like you, I mean, I definitely want to see new stuff.
1: What what if they announced tomorrow we'd get the new bond for thirty dollars?
0: Oh, if it was fifty dollars, I'd still pay it.
1: Right? I would be bummed. Like yeah. that one would bum me out. Yeah, I would. I really would want to see that large, but um,
0: yeah. But I yeah, I'd be excited. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to. I don't either. Just because? Well, I don't know maybe they will in the States, they're going to make most of their money overseas anyway. And if theaters overseas are opening, then I guess they have no problem with it. True. Whatever they make in the States is just extra, you know? Right. Um, so we'll get to bond. We'll get to quantum of solace. First, I have to ask, have you seen anything good lately? Yeah, I've been a little all over the place. I let's
1: see where to start. I, Oh, you know what I watched? Um, did you ever see beyond the mat? Yes, of course. I, I saw that in the theater opening weekend, and then that was the last time I watched it until pretty recently. Um, I've been on this kick. Don't <laughs> I don't know what video I watched on YouTube that prompted YouTube. To, now, every time I go on, it's like, hey, do you want to watch this video of a wrestler talking about the wrestling business? And I'm always <laughs> like, yeah, I do. I, I can't tell you how many videos I've watched of of you know, Stone Cold interviewing whomever, like remember the time where, we
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> and I more I, Stone Cold please.
1: <laughs> what about my Macho Man? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that one, I um, like that one even better.
1: So yeah, I've been on this weird. uh I enjoy like wrestling, pulling back the curtain stuff. So I saw Beyond the Mat was on Netflix. Yeah, I hadn't seen it since opening weekend. I rewatched and that movie is really good. Um it's interesting watching it now as a parent because the Mick Foley stuff hits differently because there's so much so much of that of his storyline is about you know, being a father and there you know, they it it all leads up to his children and wife being at um I don't think it was WrestleMania, but it was one of the pay-per-views where he has a title fight against a rock and takes like eight chair shots to the head, and his yeah. kids are crying and like that—that like that stuff hit me in a different way than it did, in, you know, ninety-nine or whatever, pre-kid. Um, Do you not let your kids
0: watch when you get hit with a chair?
1: I try not to. You're, I mean, I want to be—you're a good someone, father. Someone, someone responsible. <laughs> uh-huh. They saw me go through a table, but I. <laughs> I, I, I would, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know Sabu was coming over.
0: <laughs> Sabu, <laughs> always um, with the table. Would yeah, they? W- My memory was that the kids were watching when he goes from the top of the cage, but that's not. Those are two. I'm equating two different things, right? Correct. Okay. They, they may have there.
1: There may have been a part where he talked about them seeing that, uh, maybe on
0: TV, but not but live.
1: The, correct. The thing they see live is he and the Rock, and the Rock. Yeah, I think he hit someone with like eight chair shots. And, you know, like Mick Foley didn't, you know, he's not putting his hand up to block anything, <laughs> he's eating those cherry shots. And he had, he got, he had a huge gash, he had to get stitches. Um, but I love all that behind the scenes stuff. Like before he's, it's so interesting because he's before that match, Foley is very nervous for his kids and he keeps, you know, we see him backstage telling them like, you know, the rock and I are friends. And then the rock walks over and says hello to the kids, asks how Disneyland was <laughs> and, it's just, And then, you know, knowing that a few hours later, uh, they're watching their dad get the crap beat out of him. Uh, you know, all that stuff. Like, you know, the Terry Funk stuff and the Jake the Snake stuff is super sad. but uh, And
0: that was, really the, that was the stuff that inspired The Wrestler, right? The Jake the Snake stuff? Correct. Okay.
1: So, yeah, from what I remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. And then I love all the, like, the, you know, small circuit stuff. I loved, like, growing up, I loved... When I was a little kid, I loved wrestling, and then I got back into it a little bit. Um, I think like during the Monday Night Wars, um, you know, the Rock and Stone Cold the right. and the DX stuff. And then I haven't really watched it since. I have some friends who are way into it, and I'll watch it every once in a while. But uh, um, I can't get that into it. But like I said, I'll but I'll watch videos on YouTube all day uh, of you know guys talking about. With the business
0: and yeah no i'm 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 like you i'm fascinated by the the behind the scenes stuff um, yeah. and, I, and i haven't watched did you watch that show on vice no and i want to dark side of the ring i haven't I have. either i heard it was really good heather said it she really liked it but i haven't and she's you know way into wrestling so oh yeah um weirdly enough like wrestling and as wrong as it may sound to say i'm also fascinated by the behind the scenes of like the porn world not as much in actual pornography as in like a documentary about the people who make it because them and wrestlers it's like two things i would never do could never do my mind just i can't wrap my mind around like how does someone do that um i think that's kind of what fascinates me about it but yeah i remember really liking beyond the mat is beyond the mat the one where vince mcmahon scouts puke it is. he's gonna it is. puke
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> that, that i live with yeah. that to this day yeah
1: no it's it's, it's <laughs> it that, they, gave, they gave them some some access i was surprised by how much behind the scenes wwe i think it was at the time stuff um that they were able to capture but i yeah
0: that I, was I, that was I, like before some really high profile deaths though right
1: yeah, I guess so. Like, Owen... Yeah, Hardy. I feel like
0: when Owen Hart died, maybe they, like, locked it up a little tighter.
1: Yeah, that that might be. I was reading the... I, I think it was the IMDb trivia that said Linda McMahon was not happy with how they were portrayed in the movie. Why? Um, well, yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, yeah. Run for uh, office, was, I guess. <laughs> right. Uh, it's really great. Uh, if you like Mick Foley, I think you'll like him even more. He's he's kind of the best so uh yeah so i watched that yeah i've been on uh actually don't know how you feel about him i've been on a gary sherman kick
0: Uh, i like gary sherman yeah right yeah uh
1: so i've watched a bunch of his movies recently um trying to think like what stood out vice squad is (laughs) pretty amazing
0: I saw um, that at the midnight show at the music box years ago. I like won tickets to go see it back when they were still, you know, showing stuff on film. Well, I guess they still show stuff on film, but, uh, that was my first and only viewing of vice squad, but I still haven't gotten neon slime out of my head.
1: <laughs> I would love to have seen that with a
0: crowd. It was a crowd of like 15 people. Apparently not a lot of people wanted to go see vice squad at midnight.
1: It was larger than my crowd of one. <laughs> <laughs> So I would have enjoyed it. But yeah, between, you know, uh Vice Squad and I watched uh have you ever seen Lisa? I think oh, that sure. was his last theatrical. Um that that was the first time watch for me. That was okay. I mean feels I don't mean this as a
0: negative, it feels like a made for TV movie. Definitely. I used to watch that on cable a lot because my younger sister was way into it. Oh, really? Yeah. She was she was all about Lisa and I kind of knew it as like the only movie that the My Two Dads girl is in.
1: Yeah, she's good. She's really good in it. Yeah.
0: Um, she's also probably in more movies, but to me, she's only in that one, but somebody listening <laughs> right now is like, "Um, excuse me, Uh-oh. Stacey Keenan was also in <laughs> Um, I prefer her earlier work than <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could have come up with a fake title. That joke would have been funnier. <laughs>
1: Uh, and I think tonight I'm going to make Christy – not make Christy watch,
0: but she's never seen going to force her uh, to watch. Got it. Force her to watch Poltergeist 3. That's a good one.
1: It is a good one. I'm, yeah. I'm a big fan of that. And we watched cursed films. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, that piqued your interest even more, so.
0: I like Poltergeist 3. I don't like Poltergeist 2. I agree. Yeah.
1: I, Poltergeist 2 is is all right, I guess. Mm, is it, though? <laughs> Um, sp- speaking of significant others, have you ever, like, has Erica ever mentioned a movie that you can't no. believe she hasn't, <laughs> that you can't believe she hasn't seen just by, you know, osmosis? Like, I, I, Christy came out the other day and never seen True Romance and I almost fell over. I'm like, how have we been together so long? <laughs> it just, you haven't even like walked in the room when I was watching True Romance.
0: So, so we were, I don't want to out Erica at all, um, but I did find out a while back that she had never seen Do the Right Thing. And it's not so much like, how could you never have seen Do the Right Thing? Because uh, we all have lots of movies that we just don't get around to seeing. But in this case, it's like, oh no, you haven't seen what's going to be one of your favorite movies. Like, I know that she's going to love it so much. Yep. And of course now there's all this pressure on her to love it. But, uh, <laughs> so we're going to watch it, but it, it's not about like, how could you not have seen it as much as it is, you know?
1: Well, you know, it's, it's same here. Uh, yeah. It wasn't that, I how could you not have seen that again? I just was surprised that in all the time we've been together that she hasn't, you know, a- again, like stumbled upon me watching right. it or, or that her and I just haven't watched it one night. It was just, I felt like I failed. Um,
0: Did you guys watch yeah.
1: it? Yo, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. She liked that. And again, I just to piggyback off what you said, I felt as we started, I was like, oh, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on her. Because <laughs> I'm like, you're going to love it. <laughs> Constantly
0: it's- watching her for her reactions.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, just like the opening credits, like every name that pops up, I'm like looking at her, like, wrap a port. Right. Who's, Pincho? Who, who's great in that by the way
0: Rap, it's like rapaport's best performance
1: yeah it's so great um yeah so that that was a big hit because of course it was yeah i also and maybe we could save this for a later podcast but i finally got around to watching crystal lake memories
0: you had never well, watched
1: it no and i've had it forever
0: oh my gosh uh, I've watched it like six times. I, <laughs> I have something. I, I, it. It's like I'll watch that more than I'll watch some Friday the Thirteenth movies. But then, without fail, every time I watch it, then I go down the rabbit hole and watch every Friday the Thirteenth. So
1: yeah, well, and that's where I'm at right now. Like I'm, I'm dying to watch, rewatch them all. But yeah, I never, yeah, I've had it forever, but I never watched it, and it's so fun. I love movies like that. Yeah, me too. Because they really got a lot of people.
0: Um
1: you talked very honestly about about the movies that failure, what went right what went wrong right it's so just a fast i love that franchise it's a fascinating history that is just but you know born out of out of wanting to make money right um yet you know this thing born out of greed is like just so beloved and uh
0: and yeah. really at no point like are there artistic intentions? It's not like, well, it was born out of a desire to make money, but eventually it morphed into something really noble and creative. Like at no point (laughs) is anybody like, except for maybe Tom McLaughlin, I feel like.
1: I was just going to say Like, I feel like he wants to do something with it. Yes, exactly. Right, right, right.
0: Which I end up holding Um, against that movie. Like, it's not one of my favorites, partly because it becomes its own thing.
1: Oh yeah. I understand.
0: I don't know. I don't dislike it, but it's, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of a purist in that I one through five are like, that's my series.
1: I totally understand that. Six is grown. Six is one of those movies that grows on me. The I, Each time I watch it, I like it more.
0: It's super well done. Like it's definitely the Both. best, you know, directed. Well, four is really well directed too, but like, um, and I mean, yep. I'll, I'll watch seven or eight, like I'm not a snob and I, I like, there was a, a couple of weeks ago where everybody was ranking their, um, yes. Friday the 13th and Jason goes to hell was at the bottom of most of the lists that I saw. I only saw a handful, but, uh, I kind of like Jason goes to hell. I do too. All right.
1: Um, yeah, I do too. You know what else? I'm not even making a joke at the bottom of a lot of those lists was part seven.
0: Interesting. And-
1: <laughs> yeah. was
0: that hard I, for uh, you?
1: That is No, uh, so I rewatched part 7. Okay. for the first time in a little while. And I don't I, I got to watch them all back to back again to to do a proper ranking again. And so rewatching it, I, I I can't imagine it's it's really my favorite, but I also don't think it's the worst. I feel like it's very middle middle ground uh
0: Friday. Yeah, um, I would agree with that. I mean, I, it ends up more towards the bottom for me just because I like other ones better. It's not like yeah. a reflection of its quality so much as like yeah. it's not my go-to. What What is the worst one for you? Like, I'd rather watch that than the remake, you know?
1: Uh, I I kind of like the remake. Um, the remake's fine. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean... Probably Jason takes my hat. And...
0: Yeah, I think that's my least favorite, too. We should save all this, obviously. Yeah, yeah, We don't yeah. want to get too ahead of ourselves on the Friday talk.
1: I no particular
0: reason. No particular reason. We're just waiting for that box set to come out.
1: <laughs> exactly. Did you, if you don't mind me asking, did you order it?
0: I sure did. Did you?
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, Adam Risky yeah. texted me and said, did you order that Friday the 13th box? And I wrote back, like, I couldn't not, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. I already own all those movies, but how could I not own the definitive release of one of my favorite franchises?
1: Same here. It's funny because this is now a lesson for my kids um, because I ordered it at work and I came home and I think like excitedly told everybody (laughs) what I did. They were weirdly not as excited as I was. No? No. No. But my youngest, Mia, who's eight, was like, but I, Daddy, I thought you have those movies. And I was like, well, I do, but, you know, trying to explain to her, like, but I don't under, but you do have them. I'm like, yeah, I do. But you don't understand. Like, like you said, this is the definitive release.
0: Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Look at this artwork. A new 4K <laughs> scan. New interview with Judy Aronson.
1: <laughs>
0: uh... Now,
1: Now Pick up the broken table pieces. Help Sabu. (laughs) Don't get splinters again.
0: (laughs) Time to make a pandemic movie.
1: (laughs) Kids. Right. This Murder uh, Hornet movie is not going to make itself.
0: (laughs) Murder Hornet is way better than Black Lives Matter. In terms of current events, (laughs) you know, to make a joke about. I don't want to make jokes about Black Lives Matter, so. Um. Yeah, Murder Hornet. Much, much better. Are the girls in the next movie too?
1: Uh yes. They are. They are my muses.
0: Nice. So, um,
1: yes, it is written for them. Will it happen? Who knows. Stay tuned <laughs> for next for next year's Bond podcast.
0: <laughs> if we get to it in a year, please.
1: <laughs> yeah. True.
0: I haven't figured out how many of the movies we've done because there's, are twenty there four.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. This would be twenty five,
0: right? This was going to be twenty five. Yeah. So there's twenty four of them. We there's no way we've done half of them. I don't think so. I don't think so. This podcast will end long before we finish this franchise.
1: <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs>
0: uh, anything else that you've watched lately?
1: Uh, that's probably all I anyone wants to hear about.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, How about yourself. Uh, we watched The Rental, Okay, which is the new movie uh, directed by Dave Franco and co-written mm-hmm. by Dave Franco and Joe Swanberg. Um,
1: oh, I didn't know that part. I didn't know Joe Swanberg co-written. You know,
0: I knew it and then I forgot it and then I watched the movie and then his credit came up and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yes and no, <laughs> it's, I, the, the movie's like, okay. You know, I think it does some kind of interesting things. Um, it's just about these two couples that rent, uh, like an Airbnb and things start to go wrong. Basically. I don't want to say what, but, uh, it stars, what's his name from the guest Dan Stevens and Alison Bree as one of the couples. And, um, Dave Franco I think shows some promise as a director. He does a couple things that I like. I ultimately was left a little bit unsatisfied by some of the tonal changes and some of the some things are introduced that aren't really dealt with uh and that's sort of the Swanberg of it all. And I say that as a fan of Joe Swanberg, but he's he's right. not, he's not interested in kind of narrative neatness um and so when I saw his credit, I was like, "Oh, this totally seems like something he would have written." You know, um, okay. I I thought it was decent. How's, okay. How's that? I, you know, it's the best I yeah, can do. I'll
1: take it. <laughs> I'll take it.
0: Um,
1: see it. We were gonna rent it, but yeah, we did. We just haven't done it. You yet, found
0: so. out Christy had never seen True Romance. You <laughs> yeah, freaked yeah. out. Yeah, right. What? Exactly you had to show her Friday the 13th part
1: seven. I was trying to come up with a good one, but yeah, no, that, that worked.
0: <laughs> did she watch it with you? Does she agree with you that it's the best in the franchise?
1: Uh, no, she, she did not watch it with me. I actually, my God, as I, as, as we're talking about this, I don't know that she has seen, she's had to have seen a Friday the 13th movie.
0: I uh, would think so. Just again,
1: can we, can we start this podcast over? Yeah, okay. I appreciate it. Um, Yeah, I don't know what her favorite would be. Her favorite horror movies. She's like me. She's like completely unoriginal. She loves Halloween and The Exorcist. Um, she'll throw in a an interview with a vampire. Yeah, see,
0: that's where it falls off for me. Right, right, right. I'm on board with Halloween and The Exorcist. They're classics for a reason. They are. Interview with a vampire is not even a horror movie.
1: No, I, and maybe that was, I shouldn't have thrown that one out there.
0: <laughs> no, it, it is a worm. I mean, what else are you going to call it? It's about vampires, right? But I haven't seen it in years. Maybe it's way better than I remember.
1: I have not either. Another movie, we do not have spent any time on this, but I rewatched Underworld for the first time since the theater. Okay. And I just, the whole time I kept thinking of you and how you, how you are going to watch Underworld and its sequels. Um, you know i
0: already have right oh no i didn't know you no i did not know like you. twice
1: <laughs> well, and then we go waiting?
0: so long without recording that goddamn podcast that i have to rewatch them because it's been too long since i last watched them oh that's oh wow i've gone through this whole franchise twice already and i will have to do it a third time if we're ever going to actually record that podcast which there's no point in recording that podcast anymore the whole point was I'm going to watch the Underworld movies for the first time and then we'll talk about it. Those of you who are listening and don't understand, Heather and I were going to do a show where I watched the Underworld movies for the first time because she likes them. And I suspected I wouldn't. And, uh, and then talk about them. And the whole point was that I was going to be seeing them for the first time. And now it'll be my third time seeing them. What's interesting about that? That is great. Same with the Resident Evil movies. <laughs> I only watched that one once. All right, well. And I don't think I finished. I think I how got. How many
1: underworld movies
0: are there? I don't know. This, it's so weird because I am so good at cataloging, like exactly how many entries there are in so many like horror franchises. Yeah. But for both Resident Evil and Underworld, I just tap out because I am just like I, I don't know. It, they're all in, interchangeable from one another. Uh, <laughs> I guess Hellraiser too. I couldn't tell you how many Hellraiser movies there are. Sure. Um, okay, I'm sorry to derail you, but yeah. I, I think there's yeah. five Underworlds, I think.
1: Are there any, did you ever, are there any like, is there like, uh, Underworld 3 is actually this gem?
0: Gem like, is <laughs> not the word for it. But um, I
1: mean, like, are any of the sequels, you know, maybe better than the original or...
0: I like two more than one and I may be like three more than two. Three is like a prequel. It's, it's almost like a standalone movie. Um, it doesn't have Kate Beckinsale. It's the only one that she's not in. Um, and it's more about like Michael Sheen's character. Um, and I remember it being okay, you know, uh, and two, I like more than one because it's shorter and more violent.
1: Mm, okay, interesting. I remember. I remember going to see that movie. I read Ebert's review before going to see it, and he mentioned something about the amount of times people come in and out of doors in that movie. So my memory of going to see Underworld was I had told I went with my friend Nick and Adam Thoss, and I'd mentioned that review. And at, like, one point in the movie, like, Nick, at various points in the movie, would turn to me and be like, 17, (laughs) 21, like, just, he was just, that's how he entertained himself, just counting how many times people went in and out of doors.
0: So what was your take on Uh, Underworld after this viewing?
1: It's just so, uh, boring, bland, it just, uh, it does not, it's a, it's like a movie that frustrates me, because on paper, it should be fucking awesome um but we're more interested in in having kate beckinsale whip her or like
0: coat her leather duster
1: (laughs) yeah like yeah it just it it bums me out because it it feels like it could be the coolest movie ever um
0: and it's just you know there for me does christy love it i feel like it's completely her aesthetic between like so, vampires and like Euro trash and new okay. metal soundtrack. <laughs> I just feel like everything about that speaks to like the year 2002, Christy.
1: First of all, I've worked really hard for people not to realize I'm Euro trash.
0: <laughs> um, and I feel like you blew my cover.
1: She, yeah, well, this it made me think of it talking about her, movie she likes because we <laughs> she saw Underworld as well with me, walked out being like, That movie is not good. But if Underworld is on, she will put it on.
0: I knew it.
1: If you slip through the channels. But then but then she'll turn to me and be like, this movie is not good <laughs> while well, she continues to watch it.
0: Um But yeah, I'd so still rather watch this than true romance. <laughs>
1: It's like a Rappaport, They're not in under
0: <laughs> He should be though. He should. You guys, I'm a lichen. <laughs> I don't do a good Rappaport. My Rappaport is turning into my Mark Wahlberg. It is. <laughs> I'm totally a werewolf, bro. <laughs> Check out my leather duster.
1: Hey, Mark, tell me about the time you were a uh, guest referee. No, no, that's a different. <laughs> so cool. Hold on. <clears throat> Me, oh, man, I lost my Stone Cold.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> <Cut> that. <laughs> uh, we have uh, gone to the drive-in twice in the last week. Yes. Um, I think we talked about it a little bit on last week's show, but for our anniversary, we took the kids to the Midway Drive-In in Sterling, Illinois, which is like two hours away, um, to see Gremlins and the Lost Boys. And uh do they, what's do that? they like it. So they like Yeah, go ahead. You know, I had never shown them Gremlins. They've seen Gremlins 2, and they liked that. I'd never shown them Gremlins because of Phoebe Cates's monologue. Yeah, right. I was like, well, this isn't how I want them to find out about Santa. Um and they were kind of on board with it. They I mean they enjoyed it, you know, but there was a little bit of like we're uncomfortable, we can't see really well. You know, there was a lot of, like, shifting around and, and logistical stuff that was getting in the way during Gremlins. Um, and I hadn't seen it in a couple of years. I hosted a screening at the Elk Grove a couple of years ago, which was my first time seeing it theatrically. But, man, that movie is good. Uh Itch. It really... It's one of those movies, it was reminding me of Back to the Future in that every time I watch Back to the Future, no matter how many times I've seen it, I can't believe we when we get to the dance, I'm like, I can't believe we're at the dance already. Like, it just flies by. Yeah. And Gremlins, when we get to the kitchen attack, I was like, I can't believe we're already at the kitchen attack. Like, for me, this is practically the climax of the movie and we're already here. Uh, it just moves so well, and I love Gremlins 2 because it's so crazy and so Joe Dante, but I think I might prefer the first Gremlins just because it plays it a little bit straighter. It's I, it's like yeah. the same reason I like Evil Dead more than Evil Dead 2.
1: Yes. The movie we bonded over, by the way.
0: The original the Evil for, Dead?
1: Yeah, first time we met.
0: We bonded because we both like it more than the original. Correct. I thought we bonded over our shared love of behind the scenes wrestling talk.
1: (laughs) No, that's how we're bonding now. Oh God. (laughs) Sorry. The first time we met, we bonded over. Yeah. That we liked the first evil dead. uh, That we preferred it. And then you started making fun of saving private Ryan. And I was like, and I'm out.
0: (laughs) So I never buried the lead when it came to our friendship, like you knew the first time we talked that I was an asshole.
1: Exactly. The signs were there. Yeah. And it's at, at this point, who could I blame but myself?
0: Yes. That's really where I was going is that it's on you. Uh, it it's on you for this. I, I know I made fun of saving private Ryan. I don't dislike saving private Ryan. I
1: know. I know.
0: It's a good movie. I. It's just a movie that I have some issues with, but it's good. You know? It is. I'm not going to be the guy who's like, time Ryan is overrated. Um, uh, they loved Lost Boys.
1: Okay, yeah, that's where I really was curious.
0: They loved it. My daughter said it's her favorite movie. She's eight. Okay. Yeah. I think a little bit of it has to do with when the movie ended, I said, you know, guys, that was rated R. And they were both like, what? They were so yeah. excited that they had just seen a rated R movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think a little bit has to do with like, well, that's my favorite movie now because I saw a rated R movie and they were telling their friends about it the next day that they had seen a rated R movie. I didn't want to tell them ahead of time. And truth be told, there's almost nothing that objectionable in Lost Boys. There's no sex. There's very little language. And the violence is pretty toned down. Mm -hmm. So I felt pretty safe with them seeing lost boys i felt like okay if that's going to be their first rated r movie you know it could probably just as easily be a pg-13
1: oh yeah Uh, yeah okay that's that's good news because my my youngest my eight-year-old as well as like she's obsessed with i think we've talked about this but she's obsessed with um horror movies and the idea of being allowed to watch um something scary yeah especially because her older sister cannot handle anything. (laughs) So I think she loves that. It's like this bond that her and I have, and it's, she loves it. Like her older sister, Evie can't, yeah, can't handle it. But we're, I, we're, we're constantly trying to think of, of new things to show her. Um, and I feel like I, of course, there's so many movies. Of course I haven't really run out, but I always feel like I've run out. So, uh, yeah, so I was very curious in your Lost Boys review because I could add that to the uh, the list. And my eight year old also because I you made fun of me because I was wrong about this, but I showed her Army of Darkness. Th- thinking in my head it's PG thirteen, yeah, uh, it's not. But like that's another example of a movie that I don't know
0: that's a PG thirteen movie to me. But that was actually on that um, Die Another Day podcast that we figured all that out.
1: No, was it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, where we
0: have that whole conversation about you not knowing the ratings of things. Yeah, I was, apparently I'm awful at it. <laughs> well, Lost Which... Boys would be a good one for her. All right, good. Because she, too, is like, was very obsessed with the fact that she watched a rated R movie. It was very funny. Yeah. Well, so we got back, and then I was like trying to find other scary R-rated movies to show them, because we did like a sleepover at home. And I yeah. was going to let them choose between it chapter one and Creepshow, and they would have no part of either one.
1: Whoa!
0: <laughs> Creepshow I saw when I was about my daughter's age. I was think I was yeah. about eight when I saw it.
1: Yeah, I, I right. I, Creepshow's been on my radar too for the for the same reason. It it chapter one. I wonder if uh if if, if my littlest one can handle that one.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I thought because it's kids that it would be yeah. easier to handle. Maybe that makes it scarier. I don't know. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm completely out of touch. But Rosie had asked to see it so many times um, that I thought, okay, I'll put this in front of you and give you the choice of watching it. And both of them said no, so they they chose to watch Spaceballs instead, which is not a <laughs> movie I really like. I oh, mean, I haven't seen Spaceballs in forever. It is... Man, People. they they are straining to make the jokes and it's amazing because I love Daphne Zuniga and I love yeah. Bill Pullman.
1: Yeah.
0: And I don't really like that movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't I don't know. Bill Pullman, I was during Spaceballs I was trying to occupy my brain. So I was trying to list my five favorite actors. Oh boy. I think my running List right now is Nicholas Cage, Kurt Russell, Bill Pullman, Jack Nicholson, yeah, Gene Hackman. Oh, what a list! I think that's my list. Um, now I'm yeah. gonna put you on the spot and ask you to try to do yours. Uh
1: um, stealing from you, I feel like
0: Wings Hauser.
1: Wings, right? Stealing from Elric. Um,
0: he plays Warner. Ramrod.
1: Yeah, no, I know. He is Ramrod. He is um, right. Ra- he
0: sings neon yeah. slime, but he doesn't <laughs> sing it so much as shout it.
1: So, oh,
0: it's so good. Um, <laughs>
1: did okay. you watch? Did
0: you watch Dead and Buried yet? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: Um. Yeah, I, I like Dead and Buried. I know that was not taken away from him, but. Uh, he gary sherman tells a story that when the executive saw it they said something like if we wanted bergman to make a movie we would have hired bergman so i think he said something like i think he said on the shockwaves podcast like 90 percent, 90 percent of that movie is his he said but there's 10 percent of it that they went and added after the fact
0: like the gore stuff
1: yeah i think a lot of the gore okay. stuff um and i and i, I get that stuff is not stan winston like stan winston didn't want to go back and do he wanted to stick with Gary Sherman's vision if you will um so I guess if it's shitty gore effects it's the stuff he didn't do <laughs> um uh okay quickly I yeah like Gene Hackman I feel like it's gotta be on there Robert De Niro yep. um, mostly for Sh-
0: Showtime okay Al Pacino yeah
1: um I, I love Jack Nicholson yeah uh, like uh, like I am gonna be upset because i 'cause I'm gonna leave people off. Like yeah, like I wanna put Kurt Russell. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, I guess I'll stick with I'll stick with that. I'm sure I'll think of more, but
0: um yeah. That's a good that list. My... That's a good list. There's other people, you know, like I wanted to I was like, Oh, but Elliot Gould, you know, but Oh, yeah. But it's so specific to, like, 70s Elliot Gould.
1: You're, well, you're right, exactly. I could probably say the same about De Niro and Pacino. Uh,
0: well, Showtime.
1: <laughs> yeah, true.
0: <laughs> Would earn him a spot on the list.
1: That's, no, I mean, they, they've been good. So, I mean, the Irishman alone. Um,
0: Too long. Didn't see it. <laughs> when um, is the Criterion putting that out? What What's the holdup?
1: Yeah. Right. I don't know. I
0: was kind of waiting to watch. I've only seen it the once and I was kind of waiting to watch it again until Criterion put it out.
1: It's so watchable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I suspected that.
1: Yeah. I've seen it um, a number of times now. It's just, it's so fucking, yeah, it's just, it's so easy.
0: I love it. Love it. Did you happen to listen to last week's show?
1: Uh, Of course.
0: Did you feel so vindicated when I put the aviator so high up on my list?
1: Yes, and uh, yeah, I, di- I didn't want to annoy you, but I I, w- I was gonna text I was gonna text you about it, because yeah I've long thought that that movie was underrated. I think it's real good.
0: And I remember even at the time that you were kind of pulling for that at the Oscars, and I was kind of pulling for Million Dollar Baby. And uh, now I probably would reverse my position and and be wrong like you.
1: <laughs> I am. Um... <laughs> But you made me want to read it. I haven't seen Million Dollar Baby, I think, since the theater. And I really liked it at the time as well. But I'd be curious how, how, that, how I would view that on a rewatch.
0: It's tough to watch. And there's things I think that you would respond to even more, having boxed before, you know, um, to know that world a little bit better than I do at all. Uh, but I, I find myself struggling to watch certain things, particularly during these pandemic times. And no. that that one was tough to watch.
1: Yeah, uh, I could see that. Um,
0: yeah, I'll probably. I don't know if the Lost Boys is good. <laughs> like, I definitely like the Lost Boys. It's good. I, I don't. I but I think I like it because I know it by heart. I've seen it so many times because I was sitting there trying to watch it. Objectively instead of subjectively during this drive in screening. And for everything that I liked, and there's a lot of stuff that I like, there'd be like two things that I'm like, oh, but this is weird. And why? Nobody talks. They just stand around and laugh. And uh, Kiefer Sutherland is like really over the top in every line delivery. And Jason Patrick is kind of over the top with every line delivery. There's all these things that I'm noticing as, you know, that I might point out as flaws in a movie that I don't feel so much nostalgia for. Cause when it started, I was like, okay, for sure. This is Joel Schumacher's best movie. Right. And so I was watching it to basically prove that thesis. And it might still be Joel Schumacher's best movie. I don't know for sure. It's probably my favorite of his movies. Um, But I don't know how you feel about the lost boys.
1: I'm a big fan of the lost boys. It it reminds me, I I don't think I can, I'm, I have very nostalgic feelings. Um, I, that was a movie I shared with my sister, Nicole, when, um, we, yeah, taped it off a of cable and we would watch it together over and over again. So I, yeah, I, I love, I love Lost Boys. I'm not saying it's a great, a great movie, but I, I love, love, love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the front, I mean, like, I, you know, I saw it when I was a kid, when I was like their age, you know, they're reading comic books and being
0: right. And, right. And, and like, yeah, please sign me up. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. I, I, I know every beat of it by heart. I've seen it yeah. so many times right? Um, that I can't divorce my nostalgia for it from some uh, objective, critical perspective.
1: Sure. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm, I love it. I haven't seen it in a long time, but um, again, knowing that your eight year old can handle it uh, I'm going to try.
0: She was asking a lot of questions is he a vampire? Is he a good vampire? Is he a, are they vampires? Um, which was pretty, and I just kept saying, well, you'll have to keep watching. Um, yeah, you're right, but, uh, and then the other drive-in double feature that we went to was a Tim Burton double feature of Pee-wee's big adventure and Beetlejuice. Not much needs to be said about those movies. Um, so great. yeah. Pee-wee's big adventure is, you know, pretty much a perfect comedy. I think it is, uh, but I feel like I gained new appreciation for Beetlejuice. I've always liked it. I've always been a big fan of it. Um, and as a kid was pretty obsessed with it, but I think I was noticing it as being an even better movie than I originally gave it credit for being. Um, and I miss Tim Burton.
1: Yeah, I agree. He had, he had a hell of a run. Yeah. He, they, my weird thing with with Beetlejuice when I was a kid, I loved it too, and I was like weirdly obsessed with, um, how Alec Baldwin's character like built that little town. <laughs> like I loved the idea of of doing that, like going to the going to town to get supplies to build this town. Like I was obsessed with. I'm like that that that's adulthood. I <laughs> sign me up. I, wait, um. Yeah, I love it. And Pee Wee's Big Adventure is one of my favorites. And it's like one of the like you know, everyone's got a Pee Wee impression, so um yeah, I would just like especially when my girls were younger, I would just say lines from that movie (laughs) in my Pee Wee voice. I you know, I I know I'm moments away from being the annoying father, so I'm just I'm trying to like you know, any chance I can get to make them laugh. Right. And if it's if it's me doing Pee Wee, uh I'll take it. I
0: had never seen it on the big screen before, so that was kind of cool.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd... God, I don't know if I, I, don't know if I did. Yeah. That might have been a home video.
0: Yeah, that's certainly Pee-wee. how I saw it. it was... So why... Yeah. Well, whatever. We're not ta- here to talk about Big Top Pee Wee, but it's one of these big <laughs> questions that I have. Like, why is Pee Wee's Big Adventure so good and Big Top Pee Wee so not good?
1: Saw that in the theater. Yeah, me too. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I dude, I couldn't tell you the last time I saw Big Top read. No,
0: I don't know that. I I maybe have seen it one other time, maybe.
1: Yeah. Same here.
0: Um. Yeah.
1: I don't know, but don't big either. adventures.
0: It's the best, and uh, yeah, man, Tim Burton was a very exciting filmmaker. Up through Sleepy Hollow, maybe.
1: Is- He's like the next Martin Scorsese. <laughs>
0: that line cracks me up. It's so funny.
1: And I love that, that it's him.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. On to Quantum of Solace, the second Daniel Craig Bond movie. The uh, What is billed as the only true sequel in the Bond franchise. Here, Go ahead.
1: Really quickly. This is why I'm the worst. That would have... My singles reference would have been a great lead-in to Casino Royale and Chris Cornell.
0: Oh, yeah. Wow.
1: But I'm like, you know what? (laughs) I'm saving that 90s grunge reference. (laughs) All right. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Um, This is billed as the only true sequel in the James Bond franchise in that it's sort of a direct sequel to uh, Casino Royale. It is just some fast facts uh, up top. It is the shortest Bond film at like an hour 46, I believe you it is the third highest grossing or fourth highest grossing.
1: I thought I read third, but I could definitely be wrong.
0: I think I read third as well behind Skyfall and Casino Royale. Right. Unadjusted. Um, and uh, according to some study that was done back in like 2012, it is the most violent James Bond film. Oh, that's interesting. It has the most acts of violence, uh, not even like per capita. It's the most acts of violence period. And then you compress that into an hour 46 minute running time. So oh. it's more violence more frequently.
1: That's very interesting. Yeah. Cause I, Cause I would say, are we jumping right into this?
0: Yeah, let's do it, man.
1: I, I would say the action scenes are some of the least memorable for me in this movie. It's so hard
0: to pick what's the least memorable in this movie.
1: (laughs) It's where where do you, do you like quantum of solace? Dislike it?
0: Uh, it The answer is neither. Um, That's sort of where I am. See, I thought you were a fan of this, so I thought, okay, well, this will be interesting because Mike likes it, and I kind of don't. Leave it to me to make
1: it... <laughs> you never know what you're going to get, Patrick. You think you're going to get something interesting? Here here I come. Um, I feel this weird need to... to. I don't want to say defend it, but I, I, I don't think it deserves the... Uh, vitriol that it gets sometimes um so i so i I think i tend to defend it but really at the end of the day especially rewatching it this time i'm just sort of i'm pretty uh lukewarm to it i was disappointed you know coming off of casino royale movie i am on record for for loving and coming off of that i remember the first trailer for quantum of solace being fucking something. And I, you know, in retrospect, I don't know if the trailer was great or again, I'm just I'm it's coming off of the high Casino Royale and I'm so excited for another Daniel Craig Bond movie. And then I go to see Quantum of Solace and I remember leaving disappointed, but not in the way that I left Spectre. Like Spectre I was disappointed and it flat out didn't like. Do you do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, Quantum of Solace just um yeah again it's just sort sort of a shoulder shrug of a movie for me like I you know I love you know I, I like watching Daniel Craig even though he feels weirdly sidelined in this movie maybe that just only makes sense in my head it just uh he, de- he doesn't stick out the way he he does in the other ones for me um uh yeah it was just it, it feels less like a James Bond movie than any James Bond movie for again for me um so yeah, know I, I, I don't love it. I don't hate it, and I, I do feel a weird need to defend it sometimes, but it's, yeah.
0: It's yeah, right. it's right. I, I, I would probably put it in the lower half of the Bond movies. I don't know how far down towards the, the bottom I would put it, because, yeah, like you, it doesn't inspire much of a reaction, negative or positive. Um, and at the time, I remember being really excited to see this. It was the first time leading up to Quantum of Solace. It was the first time I'd ever run through the entire series chronologically. Okay. Um, so I was super primed for Quantum of Solace because I had just watched whatever, 24, 23, 22, 21 other Bonds, right? Um, sure. And And I was really looking forward to it. It was coming out in November... And our son was due in late November. And I remember being like, he can't be born until <laughs> Quantum comes out uh, and being genuinely nervous about that. And he yeah. wasn't, he wasn't born until December 1st, but I remember Erica being super pregnant when we went to see it. And I left feeling just underwhelmed, not angry the way I did when I left Spectre but just underwhelmed. Like I hadn't seen anything because I don't know what, what in this movie stands out good or bad. The villain is generic and kind of uninteresting. He's played by a good actor. I assume I haven't seen the diving bell and the butterfly, but I hear it's very good. Uh, yes. But there's nothing interesting about him as a villain. Um Olga Kurilenko is fine as the Bond girl. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of doing a riff on what What's-Her-Name did in For Your Eyes Only in terms of, like, the Bond girl who has her own sort of revenge plot um, that Bond gets almost dragged along into. Um, I'm on record as a big Gemma Arterton fan, but, like, Strawberry Fields is not only a terrible name from the Roger Moore era, era, but uh, but a nothing Bond girl, you know. Um, and they I, go no, ahead, go ahead.
1: Mathis, Mathis, weirdly popped for me. Like, I think he's very good. It, it just it sucks where he winds up, but um, I like him a whole lot in this. Okay. I I perk up when he, when 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 he's final when he's finally introduced. Okay, for whatever reason.
0: Um. Yeah, he's fine, but he ends up you know in a dumpster. <laughs> yeah, so.
1: I know. I mean, again, I don't love where he winds up. But I, <laughs> I I I would I would have liked more movies with him, you know. Popping up in Bond's life, yeah, to help here and there, yeah. Um, he was really good. I don't know why. Why was he put in a dumpster? By the way,
0: I forget. okay Yeah, I just I, watched. About it. I was. I, was thinking about I did about it too. About
1: it. Why was he? Why do you have to put him in the dumpster? Because, uh, because I think you already like blamed for his death later. So right. It's not, not like fine. It's not like he was trying to bury the body.
0: I remember, you know, Camille saying, like, that's what you do to your friend, and Bond saying he would understand, but I don't remember the rationale of, like, I gotta throw this guy away.
1: <laughs> that's what I mean. I feel like Mathis <laughs> is looking down being like, but I don't understand. What if,
0: <laughs> what if Bond has been doing that all along, and we've just never <laughs> seen it, and Quan Salas is the first movie to show us what happens after Bond kills a guy, he throws him in the garbage.
1: You know how, like, in, in John Wick, when... Um, the first first John Wick when he he kills all those guys in his house and then the Jimmy the policeman shows up yes and he like, looks and sees the dead bodies and he's like you're working again John I could just see like garbage men showing up and being like oh <laughs> Bond is working again you're working again James
0: <laughs> uh, yeah no for sure just dumpsters full of dead bodies <laughs> he cleans up uh, after himself right.
1: Yeah. You don't say, oh, damn it, this is a recycling bin.
0: (laughs) Uh, If there's even one body in here, they won't take it. (laughs) Bond is nothing if not green.
1: This is true.
0: As we learn in Quantum Uh, of Solace. Why do they do, you know, for Strawberry Fields, why did they just rip Goldfinger again? Like.
1: Oh, with the oil? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Who decided that was a good idea? I just right, I just assumed it was like a wink, um uh, yeah, I don't
0: know, I don't, I don't like winks,
1: yeah, I know, <laughs> I know <laughs> we all know your stance on winks. <laughs> uh
0: so you know there's a lot of like production issues with the movie, it was put together during a writer's strike. Supposedly Paul Haggis turned in his draft like two hours before the writer's strike started. Um, Daniel Craig and director Mark Forster were, you know, putting together scenes basically on the spot. Um,
1: I think they added a lot of the, the stuff that tied in quantum of Solace to, to casino Royale. Okay. If i if, if I'm not mistaken, like I, f- I feel like the original idea was, was it was not a direct sequel, um, and it, maybe I'm giving too much credit to 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 Forster and, and Daniel Craig, but I thought that that stuff was added way later.
0: Do you think Do you think the movie is better for being a direct sequel? I mean, it no because it doesn't. To me, it doesn't feel like. I it
1: doesn't feel like a direct sequel, or it doesn't feel like one. Because uh, I think Daniel Craig in an interview said it. It's Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace will feel like one big movie one big story
0: no it does not
1: it does not feel that way to me at all i no. forget about the casino royale stuff until you know at the end he's in you know vesper's boyfriend's apartment or whatever right.
0: with the girl um. from castle
1: <laughs> oh is that
0: yeah she was the lead on yeah. castle for many it was a very popular show on abc mike don't what? pretend like you don't know who the lead of castle was
1: abc a- a- B- abc <laughs>
0: what is that? The same at work that naired Jake in progress.
1: Oh, that's all you had to Yeah, say. yeah, yeah. The Jake in progress network.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and one episode of Emily's Reasons Why Not, <laughs> the Heather Graham single camera sitcom that got canceled after one episode aired.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. I love your knowledge. I'm always impressed with, obviously, your movie knowledge and stuff, but... You have you have an underrated knowledge of
0: weird sitcoms and <laughs> I don't know if that's shows. true. <laughs> Just because I knew well, that this girl was on Castle, I mean, it was the highest rated show on ABC for several seasons. Mike, this is true. You're right. Can you stop pretending yeah. like you weren't way into Castle that you haven't gone to CastleCon for the last few years? Nathan PhillyCon,
1: <laughs> you're the man, man. <laughs>
0: oh uh, see he's a writer and he helps her solve cases <laughs> he
1: looks like have you seen publicity photos for uh suicide squad no Nathan Fillion's lost like a ton of weight he looks very different
0: oh all right
1: that that's all I, have. <laughs> all, I <have. laughs>
0: all right good to know
1: <laughs> and more the motor words a sling blade that's all I have to say about that <laughs> no I... that was like, Forrest Gump
0: uh yeah that, so I've never seen Sling Blade. Do you know that?
1: What? Really? Yeah. yeah.
0: Can you believe it? That and True Romance. Never seen either one. <laughs> but Slingblade, I actually have not seen.
1: Uh, Sling Blade's very good.
0: Even though I was quoting the wrong movie. It started as a short and was turned into a feature. Can you believe that? You are, you are correct. Yeah. The short called Kaiser Blade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, David.
0: There we go. That's I got it back. Now that guy interviewing wrestlers. Mm, they call you the macho man. Mm.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. This oh, yeah. Uh,
0: I'm not even needed on this podcast. It could just be <laughs> The Rich Little of the 90s, Mike Pomero.
1: No, I've I've I'm not on my game today. I apologize.
0: Man. Uh that bit begs to differ. <laughs> Um, so, you know, the action sequences were like taking too long to shoot. The movie went over budget. Uh, it was, I think at the time and possibly still is the most expensive Bond film. Although I feel like Sam Mendes might've spent more, um, people were getting injured on the set. Uh, Daniel Craig himself got injured like three times. I just feel like no one knew what they were doing.
1: That's what it sounds like. That's what it feels
0: like when you watch this movie. Like no one knew what they were doing.
1: Right. Daniel Craig said something like it was a a rough experience for that reason. It just felt like, um, yeah, like you said, they didn't almost like day to day. They didn't know what, you know, they're they're rewriting, you know, they're trying to write stuff on set. Which is crazy on on a movie that you know that bigger budget with all those action set pieces to think that you had to take any time to like you know do do a chunk of writing right I understand movies get you know they write on set all the time, but like it just like that movie it movies like that feel like so much planning goes into being precise um that yeah it's crazy to me that it was chaotic
0: but i don't think mark forster was the right director for this um is this him coming off of monster's ball or had he made something
1: i thought it was coming bet- off of monster's ball but like between
0: anything. the two i don't remember um he just feels like he doesn't know what he's doing uh in a lot of ways i think the action is very poorly Oh, no. Finding Neverland came after this, came after Monster's Ball, The Kite Runner, and then Quantum of Solace. So he's definitely like a left field choice. Oh, Stranger Than Fiction also? So most of his (laughs) movies, for which he's known, uh, came before Quantum of Solace. The only big one that kind of came after it was World War Z which is another movie that made by somebody who feels like they don't know what they're doing. Um, maybe he just doesn't do these kind of big-budget spectacle movies very well, although I would argue he doesn't do small indies well either. Uh, I'm not what you would call a Mark Forster fan. Um, I liked Monster's Ball at the time. I think I was wrong, and Stranger Than Fiction is okay.
1: I've never seen Stranger Than Fiction. I've
0: seen Monsters Ball and Finding Neverland.
1: Um, I have no memory of Finding Neverland. I like Monsters Ball. Okay, but yeah, I, I saw that. I saw it in the theater, and that was it.
0: Yeah, it's not a movie that you really return to very often. Right, kind <laughs> of a downer. Um, uh, I found his action to be hard to follow ugh, because he um, he tries to Paul Greengrass it
1: she does but i always argued paul greengrass still like what made him successful was he i still understood the geography of of you know
0: wh- where i was what was happening do you know what i mean um yeah you like those born sequels more than i do
1: i i do i am i have not seen those in a while either but but i always did but i was never i was never confused i don't remember ever being confused by those action sequences Where in this movie, um, I was lost and, you know, frankly, uninterested.
0: Well, it's, it's weird because I think there's actually quite a bit of good stunt work going on, but it's always shot and edited the wrong way. Um, he holds the camera too close. It cuts at the wrong times, um, the editing across the board in this movie is kind of dog shit and not just in the action sequences, which, again, using that sort of Michael Bay, Paul Greengrass approach, um, holding close, shake the camera a lot and cut a whole bunch to give it some energy and some kineticism. But really just again with with Bond, especially when you're trying to get back to this analog approach the Casino Royale had done. You want longer takes. You want um, wider shots so you can see this stuff play out. And there's a, there's a scene, you know, it's not just in the action scenes, because I think the editing sucks everywhere in this movie. There's this weird scene where Bond and Mathis are sitting and talking and Mathis's wife comes out and talks to them.
1: Are you talking about the very end of this scene? Yes! Yes, because it's so. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, but I'm I'm only interrupting to say yes, I agree with you. I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> she about. She says
0: ahead. something to him like, "I want your hands on my body." We're in a two shot of Mathis and Bond, uh, possibly a three shot. It, it, she's also sunbathing in this shot, and then it cuts to like a close up of her. Yep. <laughs> and then it cuts to Bond taking a drink. And then it cuts to a new scene. It's There's these weird insert shots that have no business being yep. in this scene. The end of the scene is so bizarre. I had the same thought. Okay, well, I'm glad it's not just me. So in in that moment, I was like, oh, the editing is shitty everywhere. And I think multiple editors were brought on because the original editor... Didn't have enough time to, I think they had like five weeks to edit this movie. And Mark Forster said, usually he has 14 or something like that. Like, I just think he was in so far over his head. I think he was the wrong guy to do this. I don't think they ever had a script Um, again, possibly because of the writer's strike, but also possibly because, you know, they were still working with Purvis and Wade, the, who are held over from the Pierce Brosnan days um with paul haggis who i know was kind of the golden boy at the time um and had written casino royale or no
1: i think he's on there
0: I th- i'm almost okay i should look these things up before i just say them
1: do you think mark forrester or the for the editor the initial editor do you think he's in a dumpster somewhere
0: <laughs> like because <laughs> bond killed him you mean
1: that's just how they get rid of people in these movies.
0: <laughs> they uh, just throw them in dumpsters. It was very hard for Bond to pick up Strawberry Fields. She was very slick with oil.
1: <laughs> it's true. Uh, Paul Haggis is yeah.
0: He is did right. Casino, Casino Royale. Royale yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Purpose weighted Haggis.
0: Yeah. Um, Paul so Huggis. go ahead.
1: Paul Haggis' last credit was 2013.
0: What has he been doing since besides speaking out against Scientology?
1: Yeah, right. Oh, actually I think he's uh been accused of Uh-oh. Uh, I I I don't I don't want to misspeak, but I I think he's been accused of some, you know, sexual uh, harassment or Okay. Or something. And I want to say Leah Rimini, am I saying that correctly? Yeah. That I thought I read, like, she came out and said, that's fucking bullshit, that it's Scientology uh, behind these accusations. Okay. Uh, but, whatever. I, I thought I read that somewhere, but... I, yeah. So I
0: just Googled Paul Haggis misconduct, and the first hit is four women accuse Paul Haggis of sexual misconduct, including two rapes, from oh. 2018.
1: Oh, okay. Well, there you
0: go. Right, so... Perhaps that's why uh, he's not really working. Uh, Ruling in Paul Haggis case gives lift to Me Too lawsuits. Hmm. Uh, I'm not going to read this whole article. But yeah, he's obviously in some legal trouble right now based on some accusations of misconduct. So that's why he's not working and and perhaps the world is better for it. Uh, If if he is this kind of a scumbag. Um, Agreed. Honestly, here's the thing, and this is going to be controversial, and you're probably not going to like it, and nobody listening is going to like it. The one thing that I do like about this movie, the one thing that stands out for me, do you know what it is?
1: That I wouldn't like? No, uh,
0: I don't. The theme song.
1: Oh, in a bad way? No. Oh, why wouldn't I I be on board? Because I
0: didn't think you liked this one. I know you're a Jack White fan.
1: Yeah. Uh, No, I I do like it. Okay. Yeah, no, for sure I do.
0: Okay. For some reason, I thought you didn't like this one, because I even prefer it to your boy, Chris Cornell's You Know My Name. Yeah, I I do love my You Know My Name. (laughs) Um, Nope
1: i really like i mean granted with my history i'm positive i was on another podcast saying this is the worst. <laughs> but no i i'm uh, i'm a big jack white fan and uh I, I i think it's like this great for me it's this great combination of like it feels like a jack white song while also feeling like a james bond song yeah so uh i like it quite a bit alicia keys kicks ass
0: Yeah, It just, it feels different, you know, in a good way. It feels like you said, if it does feel like a bond song, but it feels new in a way that like, I know they try to do with something like die another day, or even, you know, my name, I just, uh, I don't mind, you know, my name as a song. I just don't like it as a bond song. It doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like a bond theme to me. Yeah. Whereas this one does. It's got what? It's got
1: horns in it.
0: Oh, you know, you're right. I take that back. I guess they originally went to Amy Winehouse and she did record a demo, which I tried to find and couldn't. All I found was like weirdos who make YouTube videos uh, (laughs) where they would like take the credits of Quantum of Solace and just put a different Amy Winehouse song to it, like one that was on one of her albums. So I was listening to it. I was like, there's no way this was her submitted Bond theme.
1: Question Do any of these weirdos then go into why the Montreal screw job <laughs> happened <been>, and why the front over by Vince McMahon? That'd be interesting. Is
0: the Montreal screw job a drink?
1: <laughs> it is now. Is
0: that okay? That's what I thought. It should be give me a Harvey wallbanger and a Montreal screw job. <laughs>
1: Uh, Where you're like you're shocked you get drunk. You think I can't believe it. Oh
0: my god! <laughs> that, that drink was so nice. How <laughs> could it do this to me? Uh, uh, I don't know. I was trying. Uh, to, I was trying to tie in the Montreal aspect. I don't know if I.
1: Oh no, I got it.
0: I don't know I if I did it. it. I don't know if it works. No,
1: shit. No, I, no, I, I Everyone's gonna enjoy it. You're fine. Uh, it's
0: great. Shit. I just. I don't know.
1: I, I thought it was. Just, listen, it cannot be. Did you hear? Did you hear my stone-cold impression? (laughs) People tuned out after that. man. Anyone who's sticking around at this point, they love what you do. You're fine.
0: Oh, thanks. Thank you. Um, Are there any action sequences in the movie that you like?
1: Yeah, I mean, I... uh, mm, I like any time... Like, I like this scene where Bond goes to... uh, uh, Earlier in the movie, he goes to that guy's apartment and he yeah. winds up killing him. Yeah. Um. I like any like, just cause it, Daniel Craig is such a like bull in a China shop. I like any of the hand to hand combat stuff with him. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, like I, I dug that.
0: That scene that- to me felt straight out of the born identity. Okay. Isn't there that same basic apartment fight scene in the born identity?
1: There is. Yes,
0: there is an apartment fight scene. See. I don't know. No? Uh, You're right. <laughs> that doesn't make this one bad, I just uh oh, right. <laughs> so you've changed your mind you're
1: yeah I'll totally change my mind uh...
0: <laughs> welcome back to switching sides with mike Pomero. how uh,
1: how enough. do you how
0: do you feel about the watchability of the irishman mike
1: uh not great <laughs> I, uh... that movie's way too long oh i've heard but that i'll tell you, i'll tell you what is great
0: the Hellboy too. <laughs>
1: God. I don't know why you have me. When I think about it, why do you have me on this podcast?
0: You know because why? it's because the most you fun.
1: You don't know what you're going to get, that's why.
0: That's true. Like Ever. a box
1: of fucking chocolate.
0: <laughs> Slingblade! Yeah. You brought it back to
1: Slingblade! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mama said life is like a box of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. The is my Steve hmm Hell yeah.
0: Oh my god, I can't stop laughing. Oh god. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's hints of action that I like all the time, right? But then again, he just doesn't know how to stage it. It's not that it's poorly staged. It's that it's, he doesn't know how to cover it or edit it. Um, so the stunt people are doing great work on set and then he's kind of fucking it up. Right. With the way he films it and, and, and cuts it. Um, I kind of like when they jump out of the plane together and they're falling without the parachute, but then that gets bogged down with like some bad CGI assistance. There's a pretty memorable shot early on where Bond and another guy fall through some glass in one take. But that too is like CGI enhanced in a way that kind of stands out in 2020. Maybe it didn't in 2008 because maybe it felt more cutting edge. Um,
1: I I remember that specifically from the trailer,
0: from the first trailer. It feels designed Um, to be put into a trailer.
1: Yeah,
0: for sure. Uh, It doesn't, I don't think it works now. No, I agree. And is that just because we've seen that same thing done better now?
1: That would be my guess. Okay.
0: But yeah, it didn't work uh, for me this time either. I agree. The whole opera sequence, I'm like, but Mission Impossible Rogue (laughs) Nation did this way better, you know? Yeah. So at every stage, I'm either reminded of a movie that does it better or reminded of how this movie kind of cuts off its own feet every chance it gets through sheer, I don't know, ineptitude.
1: But man, they try. I mean, we had a, we had a air battle, a water battle, car chase. There was like a little bit of everything. Fire like...
0: battle. <laughs> the yeah. car chase sucks. The car chase that opens the movie. Are you talking about? Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's garbage. It is. Um, what let me ask you this what act is this movie missing hmm. i can't figure it out but i know that it's missing at least one act wow that's blew my mind um is it that's is point. it missing the first act yeah maybe actually it has a last act kind of yeah it's a little bit unsatisfying because both of the major villains are killed off screen, which is a little strange, (laughs) kind of a weird choice to cut away from Camille shooting the general and, uh, diamond bell and the butterfly dying, uh, off screen again, just, we're just told about it by Judy Dench. Um, she's, you know what? She's good in the movie. She's good.
1: She is good. I like when she was like, the weird thing is he was dragged through the desert to the nearest dumpster. (laughs)
0: They found a dumpster in the desert. Um, supposedly, Mark Forster felt strongly that Judy Dench had been underutilized in Casino Royale and wanted her to have more to do in Quantum of Solace. And so perhaps that's why we get, uh, I, I think she stands out as being good in this movie.
1: She sure does. I lo- I love this stuff with her. I always like this stuff with her and Bond and their relationship and um yeah. So I I I support the idea of more Judy Dench.
0: Well, the good news is she'll be killed off in one more movie.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: <laughs> so, don't get too attached to her. I won't. She made it further than poor Mathis. Uh yes, and I do remember there's a cut scene in Skyfall. Where they don't have any dumpsters at Skyfall, but uh, so all they have are those plastic like waste paper baskets, where <laughs> right. Bond is just stuffing her into one of those, and it's the kind where the top kind of flips up and down, you know. So he's yeah. having a bitch of a time trying to get her in there.
1: But he's cr- but the way he's crying the whole time while he's doing it, <laughs> like really, I don't know. It hit me. You know what I mean? It's just like. Just seeing him say goodbye in his own. <laughs>
0: life. Remember when he like put on a scuba gear and dove down to get Vesper Lin's body just so he could throw it in the garbage?
1: <laughs>
0: that was a weird. Like you're gonna go to all that trouble, Bond? Hey, dude, we all grieve
1: in different ways. <laughs> he needed closure, and that's how he gets. That's how he gets closure. Uh... <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna judge him.
0: I like that we don't have a Daniel Craig impression, so in <laughs> place of that, we've decided he just throws people in garbage. <laughs> He's too cool to impersonate. If you say so,
1: <laughs> dare you?
0: I like him, but I don't like this movie.
1: Yeah,
0: no, I hear you. The more we talk about it, the more I'm like, no, this is just a bad movie. This isn't <laughs> <laughs> this isn't this isn't a movie that I'm indifferent towards. This is like a movie that's maybe actively bad. I'm not outraged by it the way I am, no. at Spectre. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. I'm in the same way.
0: But it's still an actively bad movie. All right. And I would watch other Bond movies I probably theoretically like less before I would rewatch Quantum of Solace. Would you watch
1: Die Another Day before Quantum of, Quantum of Solace?
0: Interesting. Probably not. <laughs> Quantum of Solace, I feel like anytime I rewatch it, it's just because I think this is going to be the time I like it.
1: <laughs> right.
0: I know that's never going to happen with Die Another Day. But Quantum of Solace is in that weird in-between. But I think this is this might be the conversation or the viewing that makes me realize that it's never going to happen for this movie either, because... I could never quite put my finger on what didn't work about the movie, but now that's literally what we are doing is sort of codifying like why we don't like it. And in the process, it's solidifying the fact for me that I'm probably not going to, except for on like full rewatches, which I still hope to do before no time to die. Whenever that comes out, um, once it streams for $50 on Disney plus, uh, then I'll rewatch all the Bond movies and then I'll rewatch Quantum of Solace. But on its own, I don't see myself returning to it, really.
1: Five years from now, we're going to live tweet your birthday movies. and it's gonna Quantum, Quantum, Quantum of Solace is, is like
0: totally going to be on there.
1: Guys, I was wrong. I, was wrong. I, was wrong.
0: <laughs> I just had to watch it 10 more times and now I get it. Uh, it's bad on purpose. Yeah, right. It's the anti-Bond movie. In some ways it is, you know, but I don't think by design, That that's the weird thing is like, it tries to do some things differently, which I want to applaud, but it doesn't have enough rooted in classic Bond to get away with
1: Yeah,
0: trying to do something different. Totally agree. The theme song does, like you said, it sounds like a Bond theme, but it's different enough. Yep. So you get the best of both worlds. I think when it comes to Bond for me at least, I'm more of a sort of a classicist, you know, where I'm like I want the formula, I want the tradition. Uh you can give me variations on a theme, but you have to give me the theme. And
1: I mean, that's where I think like Casino Royale and Skyfall are successful.
0: Yes. And this one is not. No, agreed. Uh, yeah. Anything else about Quantum of Solace you want to say? I don't think so. Not me either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you would still rank it above Spectre.
1: I would, and granted, I've not seen. I don't think I've seen Spectre, or I know I haven't seen Spectre in its entirety since the theater. So I
0: haven't either. I'm I
1: haven't. I'm due for for a rewatch, but. No, um, right now I'd go Casino Royale,
0: Skyfall. Oh, um, I already I disagree to... with your rankings.
1: And I don't blame you. I feel like Skyfall is the better movie, but I really love Casino Royale. I um, get it. And then Quantum and then Spectre. Yeah.
0: but Yeah, I would do the but... same, except I would reverse Skyfall and Casino Royale. But... But Casino Royale is good. I'm not not I'm not saying anything bad about Casino Royale at all. I just Skyfalls in like my top 3 Bond movies.
1: No, it's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Mike. This was always uh this was this was always. This was fun as always. <laughs> it was. I love doing these Bond I, shows with you. Me too. I appreciate it. Even That's when awesome. it's Quantum of Solace. Even when uh, it's Quantum of Solace. What should we do next? This is how we end all of the other Bond casts as we try to decide what the next one is going to be. And usually we stick to it. Last time we said Quantum of Solace. And we stuck to it Um, almost a year later.
1: Did we ever do uh, From Russia with Love?
0: We never did. Like, that would be... Okay.
1: That's a fun one.
0: That might be my favorite one. Oh, see? Yeah. I probably have to be honest with myself and just admit that The Living Daylights is actually my favorite, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the traditionalist in me is like, well, yeah. it should be a, a an OG Connery bond. So, um, it's yeah. a good one. Yeah. From, uh, from Russia with love. It is. Yeah. Um, cool. yes. And, uh, now that we know that we can Skype more than once every 10 years, hopefully <laughs> you'll be on the podcast sooner than later. I know we have our annual Halloween episode coming up, but I would love for you to come back before then, if you're not too busy, Writing and directing award-winning films, turning them into features okay. that then Don't go on to win Oscars. Anything. Uh contact my
1: secretary and I'll see if we can set something up.
0: Alright, good. Um, thank you guys all for listening. Go to Fthismovie.com for our stuff. Follow us on Twitter at Fthismovie, email us at fthismoviepodcast at gmail.com and listen, rate, review, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to your shows. Uh, I got nothing else. Take it away, Mike.
1: And that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Because Stone Cold says so. Mm Mm-hmm.